0: You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour, and we are continuing with Theodore Roscoe's Murder on the Way, brought to you and edited by the incredible Jim Noy of The Invisible Event and InGad We Trust, who joins us once again. Jim, it's so good to have you back.
1: It is lovely to be back. Thank you so much for having me on for a second time. Now, Herds, yeah.
0: this stretch of the book, chapters 6 through 9... is phenomenal. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking a little bit last week about the actual proceedings of the uh, the will of Good Uncle Eli, or Good Uncle <sighs> Eli, Uncle Eli yeah. and uh, one, one thing that kind of stuck out is the way that it set up contests between the characters, and as we proceed through these uh, chapters here, and we're regaled with the deaths of Ambrose, of the Ensign, uh, of Widow Gladys, of Toadstool... <laughs> And so on and so forth. For instance. Uh, the, the best one to me, by far, was the moment that uh, <laughs> that Cardinal comes out into the hallway, mm-hmm. witnesses Toadstool and his mother having a gunfight, and it took me about a page and a half to realize what was actually going on there. Because oh. it comes out and it's like, oh, they were having a play fight, and I was like... Bit of a weird moment to, you know, do a mock gun battle in the hallway. And then about half a page later it describes the blood just running down the corridors. And I was like, oh. well, That
2: was fantastic. <laughs> like, I said last week something about, like, you know, the, this, the dumb son was placed higher on the list than his mother. Like, I thought that was suspicious when I saw it. I didn't think they'd literally fight each other in a gunfight in the hallway. But, like, <laughs> that was beautiful. I, I do want to say... I love how all the characters are essentially paired up with one another so that they can kind of die at the same time or have a contest or like kind of fall into different groups. It makes this, the, you know, the the nine characters, well, 10 if you count the lawyer, like much easier to pass because Pete and, and Carl are obviously together and Manfred and the Ensign are like trying to kill each other. T. Pedro and Ambrose like die at the same time. And obviously, as we've already said, Toadstool and the Widow Gladys are, are paired together. I really enjoyed like coming through this section of novel and watching those pairs form and kind of almost like understand the characters. I I loved that. And and as you say, the way that it all erupts after a couple chapters of like blatant confusion on everybody's part, it erupts in this like three deaths almost you know on the same page, right? Gladys, Stoetzel, and uh, and the ensign. Very sad he's dead, by the way. I was hoping he'd make it to the end. Oh, But apparently no. the no Nazi one's making ensign. It. No one's <laughs> making
0: it to the end but our top two, I reckon. It's so sad. <laughs> so, what about the lawyer? The lawyer might make it. I guess we'll find out. Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we've now also had our first what I would consider obviously impossible crime. (laughs) T. Pedro killed in a storeroom for which there is only one key and he's shot in the top of the head, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem to make any sense. And the gunshot was heard at a time when no one could have gotten into the room because the key's location was known. So we've ended up with a a, a true murder mystery classic. A lot true. Yeah, I mean, this was...
1: You're absolutely right. This was how the book came to my attention in the first place because it is... And because there are all these impossible crime elements to it, it also just happens to be this ridiculously wild time at the same time. But yeah, yeah, that is that is a legit impossibility.
0: I think the, the thing that was so special about getting into that death was uh, the lead in from the dining hall scene where Manfred and the ensign try and talk. Uh, Katashal into working with them to kill everyone else because they presume he and Peter doing it. It's so good. To then Katashal being dragged in because Ambrose has lied about meeting him or has regaled uh, <laughs> Nemo Narcisse with uh, Katashal having been a lock-breaking, crack-shot prison bird that he was in Miami with yeah, one yeah, time yeah, in right. the past.
1: Right-hand man to Capone. <laughs> I love it. I love the name drop. It's mm. so silly that
0: that flow of momentum of everyone slowly getting more suspicious, like you could feel the pot beginning to boil at that point. And I remember last week you were talking with us about how you really enjoy novels that just get into the thick of things straight away. And even though this is like the middle of the book, I could really feel like in terms of the structural breakup that this is like so up your alley in terms of just how rapidly the chaos begins. I mean,
1: this is this is part of why one setting novels are so great in the genre because you know essentially you start off with something that seems very familiar and seems very comfortable and then gradually it escalates and escalates and escalates and yeah I think the pot boiling is a is a superb analogy there it's just it's getting very very warm and I mean is anyone going to be left at the end I'm fascinated to know so I'd forgotten this I think chapter eight is called The Face on the Billiard Room Floor, mm-hmm. which i had assumed was a reference to the Cameron McCabe novel, The Face on the Cutting Room Floor, because that is, I mean, I can't recommend that book, but that is, that is interesting for what it does with the murder mystery. And I had assumed that this was a reference, but facing the cutting room floor, I looked it up. Didn't come out until two years after this was written. Other way around, maybe. Okay, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, it would be a weird one to pick the sort of the you know this weird sort of novelization of a previously serialized pulp story. But yeah, who knows? And
0: it's about as crazy. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things in this novel where I read it and go, I've definitely seen this elsewhere. Like, has the influence gone in this direction, or is it just you know simultaneous discovery? The big one for me, actually was there's a lot of set pieces and kind of direction in here that feels very much like Gaia Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes from 2011. <laughs> and it almost feels like too obscure to have been an influence on it, but <laughs> I could really see the parallels there.
1: That's amazing. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's possibly just simultaneous discovery. It's the lovely thing about a genre having rules or expectations, shall we say, is that people just went, okay, cool, What what ways can we... You know, what can we imply this to that hasn't been done before? And the Pulps, as we were talking last week about how kind of gaudy the Pulps have to be in order to be memorable with these weekly serialized stories and you're one of however many hundreds of magazines being published each week. I think there is that really over-the-top creativity which comes through.
0: The Herds, the other thing that I really wanted to kind of poke you about because you have such a fascination with pairings, I know, in storytelling. I do, always. Was the pairing of or otherwise. The Face mm. on the Billiard Room Floor and T. Pedro at the same time because to my mind as like a, a duality in this book they're the best because you have the gaudy pulp head on a pike kind of image <laughs> of the uh, billiards Room assassination and then just your impossible crime and those are like paired off in a way that I thought was really interesting.
2: Yeah no that's that's really exciting to me that um the the story is well, well Theodore Roscoe is making a statement that like He is writing a pulp novel where people can get skewered with a sharpened pull cue, right? Like you can do that, but you can also, you know, have a proper locked room mystery. I think that's really cool. He's telling, you know, you you can think about these murders. There is a solution that will make sense by the end, right? I feel like that's the thing that he's kind of hammering home with having a proper locked room mystery with some bizarre elements. But, you know, they they even have a conversation merely afterwards where everyone's trying to pin it on, on Carl and, and Pete says, well, hold on now, there's some information, there's some clues that you've missed, there's some evidence. And I think that whole section, uh, moving from from Ambrose and DiPedro's murder and the way that everyone's trying to pin things on Carl, um, that's all really trying to emphasize the fact that this is like a solvable mystery. It, when I was reading it, I thought it was kind of a strange decision to try and so aggressively pin things on Carl because I don't feel like an audience is going to be particularly swayed by that. That's all I felt anyway. I, I felt as though... From the beginning, the chances of Carl and maybe even Pete being the killer was so low. It really is there to just to raise the drama and give us more insight into these into these characters, right? To paint them all as vicious villains. That's how I kind of felt.
0: The the thing I really like about that, that you kind of raise their herds is that as the suspicion is starting to to mount, it actually becomes really dubious who believes what, mm. because the Ensign and Manfred uh, the uh, seemingly believe that cart is obviously the one doing the murders with Pete as an accomplice. But then as Ambrose's suggestion of him being a prison fellow in Miami starts to go around, other people start to chip in on it. And the layers of truth just get annihilated so quickly to the point where it's really difficult in a fun way to keep track of who thinks what, uh, that really lends to just how completely bewildering the, uh, the transition into the like action set piece of the story is because towards the stre- last stretch of these chapters there's a like native uprising on the island led by a zombie <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a real zombie that exists story about
0: definitely it. a real zombie once you kind of hit that tipping point where uh nemo narcissus takes his men and leaves the house and basically says, don't go anywhere. Cause the natives will kill you anyway. So I don't need to worry about um, you. Like <laughs> what, worry at you I being mean, a threat anymore.
2: Even, even that action, like it comes to mind, you know, cause it's a, it's a country house murder. Usually there's a storm to like, keep you on the Island or in the room or whatever. And that supposedly is what these natives are. They're like the natural force that's supposed to keep us in the room. But it's so obviously exaggerated, if not a straight up lie, that the storm can't hold up killers in the house. It can't work,
0: right? Yeah, we like end this section with Manfred and the Ensign like prowling around like animals Predator. outside the house
1: hunting each other. It's crazy. Can I also just ask, what did you two as Australians make of the point where Uh, Cart goes out onto the veranda and freezes in place, and in order to describe this, uses the sentence, I rooted. Eh. Uh, damn it. Sorry. Clearly I am the least mature of us. I
0: think that would have been a funny line, were it not for me already trying to, like, blank my mind against the just swathes of old language... Like, I'd put up a defense mechanism by the time that actually got there. See, I just
1: had I just had um, Kevin Bloody Wilson flashbacks from my youth, so uh, anyway, that's fine. The, uh,
0: the other thing that I'm very much looking forward to in the kind of last stretch of this book is seeing if uh, our scale kind of grows further, because the thing that's been interesting over the course of this mystery is that we've gone from, like, a man that was murdered to a doctor that fell off a balcony, and then slowly the whole house has become a death trap, and now the- Entire no, sorry, properties right? become a death trap. And yeah. are we going to go further? Is the entire island going to become the field I, of play
2: soon? I hope that we end up like running through the jungle or through like an abandoned mine or something. I, I don't know. I don't know much about Haiti to like tell you what the location will be, but I want some kind of, you know, place appropriate set piece for our finale when the zombie shows up and they have to blow them up with dynamite or whatever. <laughs> That's what I want. That's the only thing I will really say. Yeah, you want the
0: actual zombie novel to begin. You're damn right. I want the actual zombie to show up and have to blow them up. You know, that's how it is. It's a spirit. I suppose the last thing that I wanted to touch on before we kind of end this and throw to the mystery section is I really liked the delivery of the story. Of, is it Brown Shields? Is that the name of the character? Brown and Shields, yeah. Yeah, who essentially was a uh, an, an officer who was shot at the port of Haiti, uh, seemingly over the uh, recent developments in the repealment of America's prohibition at the time. And it's really nicely paced out in terms of introducing that someone knows what's going on to introducing that a bunch of people in the house, including Nemo Narcisse, know and are actually looking for the culprit of that crime. So you realize even though he's uh, introduced as a like, you know, previously deceased character well into the novel. That There's a really credible delivery where you're not like, oh, come on, you should have told me this earlier, Theodore Roscoe, damn you. There's a a very credible sense of like, oh, 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 this is the piece. This is the piece I need to be gnawing at. It was the first time in the entire book that I thought to myself, oh, maybe, maybe Kardaschall did do it. Maybe I can't. Maybe it wasn't all a fabrication in the first chapter He's of the book.
2: Too incompetent. He's far too incompetent, unfortunately. Oh,
0: definitely. <laughs> but like, it crossed my mind, and I have to give the novel credit. To sure,
2: that. sure, sure. For that one moment, but no, we've uh, we've seen a lot of him at this point, and I I don't feel like he could hurt a fly. I think it's
1: impossible. No, Not even deliberately.
0: No, no, he couldn't. I mean, it's true, but we could also be, you know, seeing things from his warped internal narration perspective where he's lying to us as the audience herds. true. Maybe he did do it, and all we're seeing is his fabrication of how he thinks other people would have done it. We're not
2: in the mystery section yet, but, like, I don't know how he would throw a gun to a lady through a window within that room that he was stuck in unless like the the amount of leaps in logic you have to make to make that work I would I would love to see it maybe that's my challenge for next part maybe it is maybe we will split apart
0: again rather than posing a a serious theory you are listening to death of the reader flex and herds here for your murder mystery world tour and we'll be back with more of that in just a second You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour, and we are here discussing Theodore Roscoe's Murder on the Way, along with Jim Noy of The Invisible Event and In Gad We Trust. Jim, last week on the show, we added this stipulation that we had three points available for you if you were able to catch us on any technicalities that we have missed in our theory. Herds and I, today, first of all, have to agree on what our theory is, and then it is up to you to either mislead or grill us further or closer to the truth. I
2: mean, I, I guess we'll, like, get into it. I mean, look, I posed, I posed a fun theory last week, but I don't even think there's room for me to, to, to pose Pete based on the logic that I gave in the last part, that, like, how would Pete have even thrown the gun to to Gladys? Like, how would she have been on the island in the first part of the story to, like, kill, kill Uncle I? I feel like I, I need to fold, unfortunately, and... And submit to Flex's intelligence here. Uh, I think equally. I, I want to begin. It. Actually, listen. I'm not going to make
0: oh. a, a, a firm case for it being okay, uh, Pete and Cardishel. Uh-huh. However, uh huh, sure. I do think that, despite me not believing it, the truth. I think it would have been a wonderful twist it to see have. it be the truth. It would have.
2: That would have totally justified. I mean, not that it's not currently justified, but like it would have, in retrospect, really enhanced all those scenes with the ensign. And Manfred are like, aha, we're evil killers, and we want to work with you, who are the real killers, right, Pete and and Cart? And then it turns out they really were the real killers, like, that would have been great.
0: I think think the most compelling thing to me about it is the fact that they send off to the embassy, and then the guy that's supposed to be coming back from the embassy comes back with a gunshot wound, saying that he's got to take the police away. Like, yeah. if yeah. Karnischel basically left the mansion off screen for a while, shot the guy in the shoulder and was like, you better bloody follow this plan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when he comes back from, you know, the embassy or whatever. That would have been so great to, like, have that scene paid off at the end where it turns out that we were being lied to the entire time. I would have loved it. Yeah. I would have loved it. it. Have it's great. a shame that Theodore Roscoe didn't read the notes <laughs> I sent him in 1935.
1: It's rude it's shame about that one. Thing yeah, to consider, no. you are talking about whether we can trust Kant's narration in this the one thing i think you definitely can trust is that when somebody is off page in a murder mystery you don't actually know what they're doing not at all and you have to consider the fact that there are some people who have been off page at certain times in this and then reappear and assumptions are made about where they've been you know, are you falling into those assumptions, Jim? The only thing we can trust is a corpse. So, it's <laughs> a good point. Well, let's let's analyze Thank this. You. Let's analyze
0: this that. claim piece by piece. Oh goodness! In a murder mystery, when people are off the page, you don't know what they're up to. Now hurts. <laughs> yeah. In terms of a character who has been introduced and they're not on the page for the longest time in the novel. Who do you think tops that chart? Why are you even
2: asking me? It's Uncle Eli. Obviously Funny you should say that. Of course it is. He hasn't been on page since we put him in the ground. And the doctor was killed after that. Look, I'm just saying. (laughs) This is bizarre. Why are you trying to, like, act like you're leading me around? This is garbage. This is garbage. (laughs) Yep, tell me. Flex. Because Before
0: talking. we recorded last week, we agreed that I was going to pose the correct theory and you were going to pose the wrong one. <laughs> Don't
1: tell them that. They're not but, supposed you know, to know. Now that
0: we've had to come clean, I wanted to lord it over you that I still Do win. Do you
1: two need me or shall I just go back to bed? No, no, no it's, okay, it's, right, it's right.
2: It's more fun having you here. It's more fun with a, an extra audience member here. All right, that's no, cool. I mean, okay. look, yeah, I, I'm totally on board. Uh, I mean, even fr- from the moment that the book said there's a zombie, I was like, Zombies are real, like, they're not dead. Like, unless we're really using magical stuff, which I don't think we are, like, genuine supernatural forces, uh, the zombie has to be alive. And as you said so, so well, Jim, thank you very much, saying that, you know, any characters who aren't on the page... Who might be able to? I don't know. Run around the house throwing guns through windows.
1: I mean, cool. But can you explain how someone's throwing a w- throwing a gun through a window when they are ten feet underground and covered in soil and and have a a stake through their heart, as you pointed out last week, heads? <laughs> Because yeah, it's yeah, like, like don't, don't get me wrong. I have, I have no problem <laughs> with this whole theory. This is what murder mysteries are, right? You theorize about who it could possibly be. However, it's not like they've just left him outside in the rain and they're going to deal with him a bit later. They did bury him 10 feet underground.
0: Well, I think the, uh, the buried underground and staked is, is not difficult. <laughs> that one, That's I great. think, is really just it was planned. He faked his death in collaboration with the doctor, probably set up his his well-prepared, preordained coffin that he had lying around his house for a damn year.
2: Yeah,
1: that's a bit weird, isn't it? There's probably
2: a a hole in that and or a tunnel, like just pop open the side of the coffin and crawl out a tunnel. That'd be my best guess. Um, The stake, like one, one, I will say, here is something I can actually use evidence for. Uh, The coffin was noted as being much larger than the body that was placed in it. That seems deliberately done so that when the stake is placed in, he can just roll to the side. It's the old magician's trick with the with, you know, you're like, oh, I'll put this I'll cut this person in half. But actually they're only in one side of the box. That's
1: that's that's what that is. It's a magician's hang, hang trick. On. Are you saying magicians don't really cut people in half?
2: I, I look, I've never seen it happen or not happen. I haven't seen a magician <laughs> show in years. And you get to of the coffin by either popping the lid or just having a hole that like there's a tunnel, like, attached to it that pulls him out into the room. Right. I wouldn't mind talking about that locked room, though, because to me that's the most kind of interesting puzzle. Um, we know that a man was shot in a, in a, a dark room, I believe, uh, with a fire going inside. He was shot in the top of the head. I have some thoughts on this because it, this is going to sound crazy, but we know there's a fire going inside, and if we say that the Uncle Eli here is the killer, he couldn't have, like, gone in, come out, there's no other keys or whatever, I think that the reason why he's been shot in the top of the head is because he was, like, trying to put out that fire. He was,
0: like, bending down, like, i got to put out this okay. fire. And then he was shot. That's my thought. The thing is, is having heard you say that, I agree that the top of the head clue would, like, with him bending over. Yes, that's, make that's sense. my immediate
2: thought. Because why else would the fire be there? Like, unless someone's in there to light the fire, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, what what possible reason would you have to light a fire other than to provide light. So I wonder if maybe he like set the rug on fire to like provide himself light and then was shot while he was bent <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> something like that? Like that's Were there were there matches or something on his corpse? I don't I remember. I don't know.
2: I don't know. That's that's the thing that I'm like struggling with. But like that fire has to come from somewhere and it is a clue that is there.
1: That's that's where my head's at. I don't know if you have another theory flex. I mean, how did firstly how did I mean, he, he's in a room. One door is locked. One door is nailed shut, and the window is covered in cobwebs and whatever else. So you're saying, firstly, someone got in there somehow to start the fire in the first place. Well, that's, that's And then somehow someone shot him. Where like, where did they shoot him?
0: No, I think Herds is saying. I think Herds is saying that he started the fire himself mm, to like give himself light in order to
1: see. Because the lights have okay. gone out. I think, I think the gunshot is too soon after the light, isn't it? I, I, I think the light goes and then there's a gunshot. I think what well, I'm interested is to how... See, I, one of the things I love about Impossible Crime stuff is the mechanics. Where you've actually got to kind of make it work. So how does the fire get lit? And, and from where is he shot? I mean,
2: if the, if the lights go out and then the gunshot goes and the lights go out, Pedro panics. Is like, oh, damn, I got to light myself a fire or whatever. I, I don't know if he, like, has matches or if he has some other means of starting a fire, that's the part that I'm, like, stuck on.
0: He lights a fire, and then that's when he gets shot.
1: Where does the bullet enter the room?
0: Well, I can answer that. I can definitively say where the shot came from, and it's from the keyhole, because a lot of the time we spend discussing the room is establishing that the only way in or out of the room is via the door with a key that's location is known. Thus, the only open window into this room seems to be the uh, the transom and the keyhole and we spent a lot of time discussing the transom making it clear that it is not that <laughs> yes thus by yes. extension it must be the keyhole okay Either that or someone was already in the room and continued to hide there after the rest of the crime was done, which would mean that there would have to be another living accomplice because for the other crime
1: to have taken place. Right, that, that was going to be my question. Are you saying one person shot to Pedro through the keyhole and at the same time somebody else, either independent or in collaboration was next door correct me if i'm wrong but the rooms are adjacent aren't they they are but there's also a locked door between them isn't there that's been nailed shut don't you run around isn't that why the gun's on the
0: stairs or whatever i i think we have very different ideas of the geometry here Herds. my impression was that oh, the oh, door oh. in question was between the billiards room and the storeroom the there. door
1: between the billiards room and the storeroom is the one that is nailed shut there are planks nailed across it so we spend okay. all
0: of our time on the door with the transom that's locked spent a lot of time on that one And I'm saying, by extension, it must be the other door. Right.
2: You're saying that he was shot from the billiards room. Is that that what you're saying?
1: Yes. Okay. Because then the killer only has to be in
0: one place at one time and
1: can do both crimes. Yep. That makes sense to me. So you're you're going with one killer doing both crimes.
2: Oh, absolutely. So we're saying that he came into the billiards room, stabbed uh, Ambrose, Mm -hmm. and then shot Pedro through the keyhole. And I'm saying that he was shot through the top of his head because he bent down like put out this stupid fire he started trying to get light when the lights went out. Yeah. Look, it's a bit
0: silly, but, I'm, like,
2: I don't know why else like, they here's, would- His
0: here's the thing is that all of that combined can solve the crime, but I'm yeah. I'm not sure that we have definitive proof for either. Like, I'm working backwards from the fact that we spend a lot of time on the other ways to get into the room, thus the keyhole is the, the one that it must be, in the same way that the only possible culprit is the one that hasn't appeared the entire story, <laughs> but- Whilst your suggestion of, the, well, what's of the, the what's the answer then, Flex? What's the answer? Like, I don't. i The thing is, I am happy to subscribe to your theory. I'm just really concerned at Trust the smug on look this. on Jim's face right now. Oh, that's
1: that's just. I just have resting smug face, so don't don't worry about that. At all.
0: It still catches me. It catches me on the screen in front of me. Jim is a predator. <laughs> to looking... you from the other side of the world. I'm like, oh, is is that the real smug face? Oh, he's turned there his camera go. off. There now. we are.
2: Problem. <laughs> you know, how Jim solved. said earlier that he was like, oh, "I don't know if I ever need to be here." This is why you're here. You knew all along. He's trying to get us. He's trying to turn us against I mean, each other. It
1: might be. It might be. And this is this is the lovely thing. We don't know each other particularly well, so it might be smugness that you're way off the pace. <laughs> Maybe it's pride that you're doing such a good job. If you consider, well, that, here's the thing. You know,
2: my. My suggestion, based on the weird fire nonsense and the shoot to the top of the head, I'm I'm down for fire theory. Flex, if you have another suggestion, feel free free to throw it forward. But like, I I don't see any other bizarre conclusion to that particular mystery. Also, we should probably figure out if there's any other mysteries we need to solve real quick. Because <laughs> you're going to run out of time. We spent a long time on this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ugh, goodness. I c- the locked room is the big c- one. Can I just say... The
1: double y- locked room kill. If, if you are wrong, you should definitely write this book that you're currently writing because it sounds awesome. I hate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you going gonna to pick that one up in a few years and redistribute it for <laughs> us when we inevitably lose the copyright? <laughs> yeah.
1: Gladly gladly I'll even I'll even write you a nice introduction about how I was there and watched it unfold in front of me you know, <laughs> please do. The writer's <laughs> process,
2: yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Is there? Is l- Listen, Jim, you don't have to answer this question if you'd really like to hold on to points that you may be clutching in your grasp right now, but is there anything else you would have us answer? Otherwise, I think for the sake of time, we're going to have to lock in our pertaining Okay, theory. so you've
1: got the, the- Who murdered Uncle Eli or who didn't murder Uncle Eli? You've got- Nobody murdered
2: him. He's alive. He crawled out of the coffin like a zombie. Instead to make, get out of the coffin if yep. it
1: is Uncle Eli. Locked room murder- how somebody got in and out of the room where Ambrose was stabbed. Yep, exactly. One criminal, one room, shot one through the criminal, keyhole one a at a
0: man allegedly bending over to put out a fire. Bending over to put out a to fire. To see on a carpet. What else? He How else would the fire start, the, fire star the carpet place. on fire to see in the dark. Maybe you dropped a match <laughs> or something. Look, I don't know.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> it was fumbling. <laughs> oh, or a lighter. Look, no. I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. What I love about this is you are you are living out in front of me what happens in my head whenever I read a murder mystery. There are these just these two <laughs> in, increasingly <laughs> aggravated voices going, "Well, it could be this." No. i feel this this is is wonderful i am so scared i'm going to wake up and this whole experience will have just been a sublimation of the various urges that have built up over 20 years of mystery reading it's uh yeah the past
0: three years we've been doing this this show from inside your subconscious jim (laughs) yeah that's it we just finally figured out how to get an internet connection in here that's the twist that's the twist what a travesty (laughs) A travesty this episode is
2: so anyway, he shot the man. We was bending down to put out a fire. Yep. Make makes sense Great. to me.
0: <laughs> I think I th- I'm just gonna say it hurts. I think we're losing a point there, but I'm I'm Where gonna you, go with look, it anyway because I can't love it.
2: Put all of this on mm. me. I feel like I'm getting a lot of flak. No, evil. it's you on got, half you of you us have...
0: each. We've we've lost half of that point each. Oh, uh, I hate this. All right, is no. that it? Is that what all else? of the pertaining questions we have? Uh, My goodness, I think everyone else just killed each other because they were suspicious. I think we're here in the clear. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, hooray, it. Three problem solved. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty good. I think so far in terms of questions answered. Oh, and uh, Wilberforce was
0: shot in the back before we saw him fall from the cupboard. Yeah, that seems. I think that's the only other one. So, you, so
1: you're not going with Narcisse's theory that he spun around and was shot or something. No, like that's dumb. Okay, cool. Nazis is an idiot no, because
0: that that would involve Cardishal being the one because he was the only one standing in the room at the time. It would also involve Nazis
2: being right. So you know, oh, yeah, it's yeah, true.
0: Point, good
2: point. <laughs> he can never be right. I'm sorry. Oh, no, and true. the
0: zombie is Uncle Eli, obviously rode away on his horse which is why no one else is killed by anyone that we
1: don't nice. see what's narcis up to if the if if the Karka uprising is just a ruse as well, I suppose. I'm, I mean, that doesn't really count as a mystery, as, as something he's I, being an idiot. I'm going to withhold points
0: for Yeah, I, I I, think he's actually just over there trying to, to sort it out. I think that that is the one genuine thing he's done yeah. <laughs> most of this well, story. Yeah. Groovy.
2: We'll see if it's actually helpful, but yeah.
0: Groovy. All right, no, I'm happy with that. Oh, and, and, of course, it was all over the rum dealings. Yes, there the rum go. dealings, which that's... are
2: mentioned officially in this part of the story. They're like, did you hear about those Rums dealings and that Brown and Shield guy who got killed? Yeah, because, uh, because
0: prohibition has been repealed, so suddenly it is less profitable to sell alcohol, and thus uh, the gang is eating itself alive, and we are basically witnessing all of the members of the gang and Pete for some reason. It
2: sounded like they were thinking that maybe Pete is going to get pinned for all of this, but I guess either way, like, she's just getting wrecked <laughs> well
0: jim i hope that that has answered all of your questions and i hope that you have a strong opinion on how many points of three we are going to get next week next week on the show once again with jim noy of in we trust and the invisible event we will be covering all the way to the end of this book before announcing our next endeavor so make sure you tune in then for your murder mystery world tour here on 2 ser 107.3 jim thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me and we'll uh,
1: catch you next time